Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. How does Islam play into the end times? Well, I have a brand new series that I want you to listen to a portion of, Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. You're listening right now to Let's Take a Look at the Book. This is an opportunity for you to study prophecy with me. We're only going to study a short portion of this entire series on Ishmael's Islamic invasion. But if you'll take a moment and listen, then I will tell you how you can get your own copy of Ishmael's Islamic invasion. Take a moment with me now. Let's listen. I'll be right back. Ishmael's Islamic invasion. And I want to think about all three of those, Ishmael, Islam, and the invasion. And we're going to touch base with each of them. I kind of set a base yesterday morning for our thinking, understanding that Satan has a dominion strategy, is a subtle strategy. He used the aspects of his, uh, his whole box of tools to start moving towards taking dominion over this world, early on in the book of Genesis, he observed what was going on when God gave Adam dominion over all of creation. And then because of that, he used confusion to try to manipulate Adam and Eve into a position where they would then sin, come under his dominion, and thus he would have dominion over all of humankind. And since Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation chapter 20, we are under what would be termed a theocracy. First three chapters, excuse me, a satanocracy. First three chapters, a theocracy. Last three chapters of the Bible, a theocracy. Everything else in between a Satanocracy. Satan, the ruler of this world. An unseen battle going on between the forces of good, God's forces, and the forces of evil, Satan's forces. That unseen battle happening right around where we could look up as you were looking towards the stars last evening. Satan is cast out of the Garden of Eden, and he was cast from the third heaven capabilities, his first habitation, remember when we went to Jude, from their first estate, they were cast out. So they were taken from the third heaven, cast down to the first heaven. Now, how do I know they're in the first heaven? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers of darkness, evil in the heavenlies. So we know that they're still in the heavenlies someplace, not in the third heaven where God is, but in the second and first heaven. Second heaven, of course, the galaxies, the stars, the first heaven, the sun and the clouds and what we see in our atmosphere from the earth right here with the naked eye. Actually, you see the first heaven by day, the second heaven by night, and the third heaven by faith. And so those are the ways that we are able to look at these heavens. Satan put in the first heaven, having access to the second heaven, and Satan himself alone having access to the third heaven. All the other evil angels, one-third of all angels, and how many angels would that have been, we're not really certain. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation chapter 5, a, it says 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Well, 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million. But we don't know how many more when it says thousands of thousands. And in fact, the same word used in the Greek in the book of Revelation in chapter 5 in chapter 9 says 200,000 thousand. That's 200 million. So it's double what the number was interpreted by the translators from chapter 5 to chapter 9. What the word literally means is 
a number that we cannot determine how many it would be. So we don't know. I use sometimes an example of about 12 billion, with a B, 12 billion angels possibly created. And why do I come to that number? Well, because of the fact that there are 6 billion people on the face of the earth today. And those that do these studies tell us that from time of creation until today, there have been 6 billion people as well. So 6 billion, 6 billion, 12 billion. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, what? Are not angels ministers of those who know and love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Uh, they play a key role in our life. They act as fellow servants with us, Revelation tells us. They serve, they help us to minister. They act as guardians over those who have the pastoral responsibilities to protect them from false doctrine. They act as guardians in the local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, What know you not the reason the lady should have her hair covered or be under the leadership of uh, uh, the male leadership of the church is because angels are there in the service observing what is going on. Luke chapter 16 tells us that angels come to gather us at death. As we step from life across that gulf into death, there are angels. We don't go that way into the heavenlies alone. We are gathered up. Lazarus gathered up with the angels and taken into the presence of God. So angels play a key role in our life. Guardian angels, if you don't believe in guardian angels, you talk to my wife, Judy. She has traveled with me across this world, and she knows that guardian angels, in fact, I have about 18 guardian angels that travel with me all the time. But angels play this role in our life, our little children. We have children, grandchildren. You know what Matthew chapter 18 says? Matthew 18 says, what? Don't you mess around with the little children because they're angels. They're guardian angels looking in the face of God on a daily basis. So angels play a key role. Now, if 12 billion were created, and that's just a number for us to discuss, and I don't know that's absolute. If 12 billion were created, then one-third of them, according to Revelation chapter 12, one-third of them fell. And that would mean four billion angels would have fallen, and thus they are in the heavenlies above us here, Satan dispatching them to come to the earth. You can go to Daniel chapter 10 sometime. It was two angels that confronted the messenger from the heavenlies coming to Daniel to give him information in Daniel chapter 10. It was the angel of the Persian Empire and the angel, the evil angel, of the Grecian Empire. We have examples in the Bible. The angel or the evil angel of the Persian Empire would have been Haman, the book of Esther. The evil angel of the Grecian Empire would have been Antiochus Epiphanes of chapter 11 of the book of Daniel. And so all of this information about angelic activity in the last days was important for us to have a base upon which to do our study as we look into the subject of Islam, Ishmael's Islamic invasion. Now, having talked about the dominion strategy, the dominion approach that Satan has instituted, instituting that 6,000 years ago, I want us to look at Ishmael. Ishmael has been uh, maligned by many, many people for many years. Ishmael has had attributed to him some things that are not true. Ishmael is a man that we need to study. 
There are those prophecy teachers on the air today that I am sick and tired of, and I am going to point them out. I normally don't talk about people by name in public, but I am going to point them out because you have been listening to them. You bought into what they're saying, and I think it needs to be straightened out this morning. So here are the prophecy teachers I'm sick and tired of. Peter Jennings of ABC, Tom Brokaw of NBC, and Dan Rather of CBS. Or I guess you figure they're prophecy teachers because many of you are buying into what they say. They say that what's wrong in the Middle East? I mean, everybody's cousins over there, they're all sons of Father Abraham. Why in the world should we be concerned? Why don't they just get their family act together? I want to tell you something. All of that that's going on in the Middle East was not fathered by Abraham. Nor is what most people consider, and I'm not going to take a survey this morning, and I'm not even going to allow you to whisper it out. But most of the time when I discuss this, I'll say, where did the Arab world come from? And I will hear a chorus across the entire congregation, Ishmael, 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 Ishmael. Even Bible teachers talking about the conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. Well, in a sense, it is a conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. But technically, it is not. You've been listening to a portion of a series entitled, Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. I talk about Satan's dominion strategy, Ishmael's true legacy, Islam's satanic trio, the Islamic invasion, and Islam, the final solution. These studies on this five-part audio series on CD is available to you. You can call our toll-free number and our people will tell you how you can purchase your copy. The toll-free number is for all across America and that number is 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and you can order this series entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. I can guarantee this, as you study through this five-part series, you're going to become aware of the fact that we are living in the last days, the days that Jesus Christ will return to this earth. But remember, seven years before he comes back to the earth, the rapture takes place and we're caught up to be with him. By the way, the rapture could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...